It's another Saturday morning when we talk our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing just great, Denny, and hope you are too. Yes, indeed. Always looking forward to to the show here this morning, as, as our listeners are as well. I hear from them all the time about that. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, I thought today, in as much as we can't travel very much, maybe we could armchair travel to one of my favorite places, and that is Spain. And when you think of Spain, what do you think of in a glass? In my opinion, there's only one wine in Spain to think of, and that's Rioja. Spain, you know, is a whole countries like Italy. It's vineyards everywhere, from top to bottom, from the Mediterranean to the Atlantic Ocean. There's vineyards in every province of Spain. But there's nothing quite like the wines of Rioja. It, they are very, very impressive. They take their name after the river there. Talk about a wonderful history. It goes back over 3,000 years. And, of course, one of my favorite stories, and one of the reasons maybe I love Rioja so very much, is back in 1983, I was visiting Lagorno, which maybe I love Rioja so very much, is back in 1983, I was visiting Lagorno, which is sort of the headquarters city of the whole Rioja region, and I was with my new friend, the Marquis de Murrieta, and he had just acquired some cellars, and I went over with him to look at what he'd got, and we saw this enormous cask, and it said 1942, which happens to be my birth year, wine. And he said, well, that couldn't be any good, and I said, well, why don't we try it? Well, we tried it, and it was absolutely magnificent. It's the only way to describe it. Well, how can a wine be that good in a wooden barrel that long? And, of course, it was a huge wooden barrel. Well, what had happened is, you know, wine deposits uh, tartaric crystals. And what had happened to this barrel, the inside was all this white tartar. It almost formed like a ceramic insert on the inside of the barrel, and it preserved that wonderful 42 Rioja Reserve uh, so beautifully. And he was very kind enough to agree to sell me several cases of it. And so for many, many years, I, I think up until maybe 10 years ago, I always had some of my birth year wines on my birthday because that Rioja lasted so very, very long and was absolutely a wonderful, wonderful wine. So you can appreciate why I like the wine so much. And also, you know, kind of a headquarters place if you don't feel like staying in Lagorno. But Lagorno's kind of fun. I remember every fall they have uh, kind of their version of Pamploma's running of the bulls. You don't really run with bulls. They're young calves. Uh, but they do run them through the center of town, and young fellows and girls even jump in and out and uh, to tempt the, the running of the calves instead of the bulls. But it's kind of fun. But I also love the town of Barcelona, which we often stay in, uh, either coming or going from Rioja. And Barcelona is a wonderful city. To see the Gaudi Cathedral is worth the entire trip. And, uh, you know, I think it was in the early 90s they had the Olympics there. And uh, it, Barcelona is just wonderful. The Rampola, which runs was an old creek bed uh, that they've paved over and runs down to the Mediterranean with shops on either side, is just wonderful. And when you're thinking about 
shop or stopping for tapas. And tapas in Spain are little hors d'oeuvres they serve you when you have a glass of wine. And Rioja, to me, is Spain in a glass of red wine. I, I think of stuff like the Jambon Serrano, their, their ham. It's so delicious. I remember once being at a party down in uh, the Jerez area that's famous for producing sherry, and they were carving that uh, Serrano ham at different stations. And, you know, it's an awful lot uh, like uh, prosciutto, except it's a Spanish version. It isn't usually served as thin as prosciutto, and they're wonderful. And if you have a, a slice of that Serrano ham with a little chunk of manchango cheese, boy, oh boy, maybe a bite or two of a ripe green olive. Um, the, the combination is just fabulous. And you know, one of the wonderful things, in my opinion, about Rioja wine is they're very affordable. Uh, they're comparable in my opinion, to age claret. In fact, when you think about Rioja, it's almost all Tempranillo. There are three, four other grapes that they put in there, but uh, 80% of the Rioja is Tempranillo. And, of course, when you think of Tempranillo, you think of Spain. Many countries imported wines, uh, stalks and that, uh, vines from other uh, countries. Well, Spanish never did. They just stuck with their Tempriano, and they think it's great, and it is. And today, with sophisticated winemaking techniques, an awful lot of the wine of Spain years ago was real plonk. They, it didn't travel well. It was fine if you were sitting in a, a little cafe and having a glass of it, and it was the wine of that year. It was okay, but uh, they just didn't have the antiseptic techniques and everything else that they have today. So Tempranillo generally is a great bargain in the wine world because a lot of Tempranillo comes from the two different communes and co-ops and things like that that now can afford good equipment, stainless steel, etc., and produce some very good wines under very, very antiseptic conditions. And the wine is really good. But today, well, let's just talk about Rioja itself. Again, it's mainly that Tempranillo grape, and it is indeed, in my opinion, a delicious wine. It, it's a little like Cabernet, but it has a more fruity characteristic, a little like Pinot Noir. Uh, in fact, very often when you open a bottle of Tempranillo, you get an essence of cherries in the nose, and that same cherry is often present in Pinot Noir. So, I'd say if you like Pinot Noir and you like Cabernet, you're going to absolutely love Rioja. It's a, a, a real bargain, and it, it's interesting wine. It had an interesting history. Uh, they've been cultivating it there for over 2,000 years, for sure, and we have actual documentation of it for at least 1,600 years that they were growing Tempranillo around the Rioja area. The monasteries there kept very good records in the 8th century, and we still have those records. So uh, we're drinking a little bit of history. One of the interesting things about Rioja was when the phylloxa epidemic in the mid-1800s began to sweep through France, a bunch of Bordelais, people from Bordeaux, came to Rioja and settled down. And they brought the Bordeaux winemaking style with them, uh, using big wooden uh, barrels and in French oak. And that was one of the wonderful things about 
uh, Rioja is the aging in the oak. They even use American oak, but they were pretty smart when they started to buy America planks. They didn't buy barrels from us. They'd buy staves, oak staves, or oak planks. They'd cut their own staves, and they'd air-age them, and that's a subject for another uh, talk in the morning when we talk about oak, about how America eventually discovered how to really make uh, French oak. But uh, Tempranillo and Grenache are the two grape types, and like I say, if you like Bordeaux and you like Burgundy, you're going to absolutely love Rioja. It's such an interesting wine uh, because that Tempranillo is such an interesting grape type. And, <coughs> excuse me, it's also age-worthy. You know, that means a lot of wines, can't, you can't really age them. They should be drunk early. And so when we're talking about aging wines, we're not talking about many wines, great Bordeaux, great Burgundies. Brunello's from Italy, uh, Barolo from Italy, all take aging. So does Rioja, and very nicely, thank you. Uh, and it's more affordable compared to its better near uh, known peers. Uh, a good Rioja can be bought at a fraction of what you'd pay for a good ageable Bordeaux, and the same thing is true of Barolo, etc. Uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, as I said, I'm so partial to it because I had that wonderful experience with my friend, the Marquis de Murrieta, who unfortunately has since passed away. But his son continues to run their uh, vast holdings, including the winery itself. Now, in Rioja, there's four classifications. It's Rioja, that's the basic one. That's only aged a short amount of time in oak. And then the wine is bottled and sold, and that's really the moneymaker for most Riojas. Then there's Crianza, and that has to spend a minimum of one year in oak. And after oak, it has to spend another few months sitting in the bottle in the cellar before it's able to be sold. The Reserva uh, takes four years, and uh, it's only made, Reservas are only made from the best grapes of the very best vintages. And then Grand Reserva, this is a Rioja that's only made in exceptional years with the most exceptional grapes harvested. Grand Reservas have to be aged uh, three years in oak and then two more years in the bottle. And they bring out an immense uh, nose and wonderful wine. And boy, I'll tell you, it lasts a very, very long time. And not many wines do do that last a long time. Uh, you know, I've talked before on subjects like this. People will call and say, Grandma left a bottle of leaf brown milk. It's from 1935. Does it have any value? No, none at all, unless you want to use the bottle as an antique and sell it to an antique dealer for the bottle. The wine itself has gone off and not very good. So wine, when we're talking about aging wine, we're talking probably only about 80% of the wine, maybe 80, maybe 90% of the wines in the world are not ageable very well. And there is white Rioja and a rosé from Rioja, incidentally. I, I, they're just okay. Um, nothing special about a white Rioja other than it's unique and different. And the rosé from the area, again, Pleasant while you're there, or something, uh, and interesting to try it, but really not great. The great part of Rioja is the red wine of the area. They really absolutely have a wonderful history. They have a, a wonderful flavor and taste. And uh, as I started this out, you know, we're 
like taking a trip to Spain, certainly when you have Rioja, you really are having Spain, in my opinion, in a glass. The wine itself is absolutely glorious with so many different dishes. Of course, the national dish of Spain is paella, which is a rice dish, and it can have anything in it. It depends on the area of Spain that comes from uh, chicken, uh, shrimp, lobster, uh, lamb, etc. Speaking of that, once at the Murrieta's house, they roasted some little lamb chops over vine cuttings uh, for lunch. And I, to this day, it is the best lamb I have ever had. So you can see that I'm fairly partial to my old friend, my deceased friend, the Marquis de Murrieta, and his property as well as his wonderful wine, as I said, which I was able to celebrate so many, many birthdays with and have a bottle of my birth year, which is kind of hard to do when you're as old as I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but anyway, I think if you're looking for something interesting, get a glass of Rioja uh, and maybe put on a travel log on your computer and visit Spain, don't miss Barcelona. As I said, that's uh, my one of my favorite cities in all of Spain. And I also think, if I could editorialize for just a minute, Barcelona may very possibly be the most cosmopolitan city on the entire Mediterranean. It really is a remarkable city culturally in every which way. Uh, the food is good. Uh, of course, being the seaside, the seafood's hard to beat. And, of course, they have a very, very nice supply of wonderful Riojas to choose from. So uh, if you get an opportunity on these dreary winter days where we have to put up with all the snow and cold, why not um, take an imaginary trip or an uh, armchair trip to the wonderful country of Spain, visit Barcelona, and do it all accompanied by a glass of Rioja wine. Here, here. I love Rioja. Well, Jack, I, the, the always great stories. And uh, tell folks where they can find some great Rioja. You can find some great Riojas at Haskell's. And incidentally, for some winter wines besides Rioja, if you like uh, Chardonnay, try La Ford Chardonnay. It's about $14 a bottle on sale, and it is absolutely wonderful. Or... Another interesting thing at this time of year, I think, is our Louisa liqueur. Uh, it's caramel, coffee, and pecans. If you like Tia Maria or Kahlua, you're going to love Louisa. It is absolutely, unbelievably good. That caramel and pecan added to the coffee flavor really make it very special. And all these are available at Haskell's. And there's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington. There's a Haskell's in Excelsior right off of the lake. Haskell's in Fairbowl off of 35. Maple Grove Supercellar is just not to be believed. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's in Minnetonka, Plymouth, in St. Paul's Highland Village. You'll find a Haskell's out in Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury also. And if you can't come in, go to Haskell's.com and visit us online where we can deliver everywhere in the Twin Cities, or you can pick it up right out in front of your favorite Haskell's store. Haskell's is the place to buy wine, and there's a good reason we're called the wine people. We know what we're talking about when it comes to wine. Absolutely. Jack, let's talk again next week, please. Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Thanks, Jack. Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Stay with us here on CCO.